Welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. And with you as always is Tyler. Oh, Tyler. It's freezing outside and it's a Sunday morning. What are we doing here? We are doing a rare Sunday morning episode. I'm disappointed you didn't have some mimosas ready for us when I got here. I know. I should have. I mean, it is frigid outside. It's like it's before 10 a.m. People need to know the situation we're in right now, Tyler. Yeah. We, we usually record Sunday night, but tonight is the Super Bowl, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Absolutely. So, we, I mean, we can't miss the Super Bowl. We so. can't miss the Super Bowl, and people still need to be informed. Let's face it, Tyler. People come here for the news. So we're going to cover last night's debacle with the UK-Tennessee basketball game. Yep. We're going to cover, I guess, some bits of the Super Bowl, maybe a UK prospect uh, in-state, mm-hmm. which would be nice. And then also the world news of the day, Tyler, and that includes Dustin Diamond, the CDC, and Fayette County Schools. It sounds like the trifecta of fun to me. It does. Uh, but before we hit those, what's been going on with you this week, my man? Uh, what has been going on? Um, just having some work done around the house. You know, we have uh, had an electrician come in and out for the last couple of weeks just doing stuff. And it's a lot of work, and it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Electricians charge, <laughs> I think, like $500 an hour or I, something. I, I know. I feel like I should have become an electrician. I feel like I did the wrong thing. <laughs> yes. You know, you Trade get the schools. bill at the end, and it's like, what? What? And then a few weeks ago, we had a plumber here, too. I mean, it's just like, it, it adds up so fast. It does. It's insane. So, We're in the wrong business. I know we are in the wrong business, but, uh, you know, other than that, just a run-of-the-mill week, man, just trying to survive, still doing homeschooling, which is absolutely driving me crazy. But there is hope, we'll, we'll t- which we'll talk about. Uh, well, well, we will talk about that, trust <laughs> me. Uh, it's just been exhausting. Yeah, I feel you. But other than that, that's about it. What about you? Uh, well, I got my my second dose of the vaccine. Oh, this week, so I'm all vaccinated up. Good. I get my second one Wednesday. Yeah, I, I went to Kroger Field to get it, uh, and it was in the the Central Bank uh, Chase Club Lounge, which was very nice. I, I got to see how the other half lives at Kroger Field for a little while. So that's the only chance you'll be sitting in the suites. Yes, at Kroger Field. That is correct. Did they serve alcohol there? Though? No, they they you know because that, <laughs> that's only reserved for the you know uber wealthy suite. Well, they people. they were serving shots, but not alcohol. Oh, oh <laughs> dude, you'll be here all week, Tyler. Make sure to tip your thank waitress. You, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny, Tyler. Thank you. You're you're a funny guy. Yeah. Come for the news, but stay for the jokes. <laughs> People may not stay very long. So I don't. I don't know. Um, well, it sounds like an interesting week, Tyler. I'm kind of. I mean, I'm jealous of your week. Mine was boring by comparison. Well, you know, I, I'm you know safe from COVID now, I guess, which is exciting. Well, I don't know. How, I don't know how long it takes. That, I don't know how long it takes for the vaccine to kick into effect. Probably should research that, but I assume soon I will be safe. Oh, I'm it. sure it's just right around. You know, it's perfectly fine now. Yeah, and so now I can go out and do all the things I could do before, right? Yeah, everything will be just back to normal and, and lickety split. In no time. Lickety split. Tyler, you ready to dig into it? Let's let's go. I'm pissed off. I'm ready to talk about this game Oh, jeez Louise. I, should I, I'm just going to let you... Let me shut off my microphone. And <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 need, I need it to build up a little bit. Well, look, we don't have a lot of sports stories, but they're important ones this week. So yes. we're going to do this in the first segment. Second segment, we're going to cover the news. Third segment, Tyler, what are we doing? Well, third segment, we have some very exciting things to do. Oh, boy, do we. We we are first going to talk about, it was Groundhog Day this week, so we're going to talk about if you were living in Groundhog Day, where you lived the same day over over again, what song would you have to listen to every day? And then speaking of songs, we're, we're going to debut our first single 
<laughs> the first Lex Buds and Pick and Roll single. Yeah. It's a big deal. What are we titling it? Do we even have a title? I don't think we have a title. Do we? Yeah. We need a title, I guess. We need to come up with that before we that, release the podcast. It's going to be hard to be a hit single <laughs> without, without a title. Hey, did you hear that song? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's on LexBuds.com. As is all our other great content, Tyler. And on yes. Twitter, at LexBuds. Facebook, LexBuds. Pick and Roll. YouTube, type in LexBuds. Type in LexBuds anywhere in your internet machine and we will pop up. That is correct. That's correct. Uh, let's get into it, Tyler. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Let's Tyler, the, the Kentucky Wildcats lost the game 82-71 to the Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday night. After being up 10 points in the second half, managed to lose the lead and end up losing by 11. We're still at five wins on the season, Tyler. Five wins. I Since you're so upset, I want to just let you talk for a minute because <laughs> I don't know what else to say at this point to to make this something new that we haven't heard before. But I want to hear what you have to say. Let it out. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm scared what I might say here. I, I think you should just say it. Um, what do you think? I, well, first of all, like you said, there's nothing that we can say that hasn't already been said. It's the same problems. We can't shoot threes. We collapse in crucial moments and down the stretch. Mm-hmm. We have too many careless turnovers. We have no seemingly any type of rotation that makes any type of logical sense mm-hmm. for who should be in the game at, at crunch time. Okay. And I, I'm just, I, I'm at a loss. I think Calipari was at a loss after the game. And I, I am to the point, I, I, I don't want to say I'm ready to fire Coach Cal. Oh, oh. But let, 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 let me say this. Whoa. If, if I had a seat behind the game, but, or behind the bench, for UK games the rest of the season, every time Calipari yells, Go! <laughs> I might yell, Back to Memphis! Oh, Back to UMass! <sighs> I'm not saying I wouldn't do that, but I might. Because uh-huh. I'm fed up with this crap. Oh, my. This is crap. Goodness, Tyler. <laughs> Go away! It's it's oh the same thing every every game every game is the same thing we have shown no progress and I, I, but are, Tyler he's won so much here he's went to Final Fours he's won, he's won a championship right we've had good teams we've had players go to the NBA and you're gonna sit here and run him out of town now you you realize next season it will have been a decade since that national championship a decade well how many have we won in our history though we've won eight how long have we been around well over 100 years so we're due for one a decade so if he coaches another 10 years maybe we get another title there's 350 60 teams division one in the ncaa tyler we mm-hmm. can't win every year yeah well T- tubby won one title in a decade do you think he should have been kept around longer well mm, now you've really hit me with, with the <laughs> well but but here's the that was different okay how is that different it just was <laughs> well, you know, I will say this. The Tubby years were on a steady decline, and you could see it. I mean, you could see the decline, right? I mean, it just kind of kept going, kept going, and before you know it, we were barely making the tournament. Okay. This year, we may not even make the N- the NIT tournament, which yeah. is really embarrassing. Which seems like a pretty we're gonna miss, big decline. Yeah, like we're going to miss said. twice as many tournaments as... Uh, did T- Tubby never miss the tournament. He never we're, missed one. We're going to miss twice as many tournaments as uh, Billy Clyde did. Think about that. Yep. Are we willing to sacrifice two NIT-ish years for one title? I, I would we, not. Is, isn't that UConn? I would UConn not. UConn wins a title, trade. and then they go, and they're irrelevant for a few years. Is that what we want to become? 
I think we're headed on that path. I mean, I think we're seeing a steady decline since, I mean, 2017. Since 2017, I think it's been a gradual decline. Well, look, I'll be honest with you. The two years after the 2015 team, I didn't even watch the games. That Luke May game where he hit the buzzer beater to beat the De'Aaron Fox and Bam Adebayo team, I was totally in, impartial. I was still numb from two years previous. I, to be honest, if I'm being honest with you, I barely, I finally got back into it after that year. But during that year, eh. I mean, I watched the games. I couldn't even watch it because it bothered me so bad what happened in 2015. So I don't know if that makes me a bad fan or it makes me a good fan because I cared so much in 2015 that I couldn't get over it. Yeah, and, and here's here's the frustrating thing to me. You know, in 2013, when we went to the NIT, mm-hmm. we, we had optimism for the future. Now, we had the T-shirts, keep calm, the twins are coming. We had Julius Randle coming the next year. We had one of the greatest recruiting classes in the history of college basketball coming the next year. So there, there was hope. Yeah. We are like, okay, this is just a blip on the radar. It's one year. Okay. What do we have coming next year? Well, okay. Well, we've got, uh, so far, Cal signed two power forwards. That's good. That'll make eight, <laughs> number eight, and number nine power forwards. Let me guess. They have a big wingspan. Yes. They're all 6'9 with big wingspans. So that's, that's what we like. We, like, we recruit based on wingspan. We have we have no point guard this year, which has been the the root of most of this team's problems is that we don't have good point guard play. Well, the point guard we've got coming in for next year is a four star, not even a five star point guard, four okay. star. He's ranked number thirty one in the country. Brandon, you know what Devin Askew's uh rating was coming into this season? I would like to ask you that. <laughs> well, uh, I don't want to askew his ranking too much, but he was number 32. Oh, I see. So we're getting the number 31 player at point guard. So we're getting a slightly better point guard than Devin Askew. So maybe that means he'll make a three-pointer every three weeks instead of every month like Askew does. <laughs> oh, jeez. Tyler, you're pretty brutal today. Well, yeah, I mean, Askew made a three for the first time since the Trump administration last night. I mean... And that, that is your That's starting... actually I, true, based is. on the dates. Yeah, it's been since the Trump administration. <laughs> that Your starting guard, who has been leading the team in minutes recently, hasn't hit a three in over a month. That could be... A, I could see where that would be an issue. And we have no reinforcements coming in yet. Now, you know, recruiting season's not over yet, so maybe Cal finds another guy. A but, grad transfer, perhaps? Yeah, maybe he finds a grad transfer. Maybe he still finds a, another guard out there in the recruiting world. But you know who has the number one and number two rated point guards right now for next season? I'd love to know. Alabama and Tennessee have Correct. the top two rated point guards. Great. That's good news for Tennessee us. Tennessee has essentially, I think, this may be controversial, I think Tennessee has passed us as a program right now. Oh, Tyler, won't you stop it? Rick Barnes has dominated Cal the last five years. Dominated. He's had better records. He's had better seeds in the tournament. We've not made a Final Four. I know Rick Barnes hasn't either, but, I mean, he's doing just as good as us in the tournament. Well, you know, I guess the thing is, if neither one of us are making Final Fours, he's still kicking our (laughs) A-R-S-E-R-S. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, that's not a good place to be when you're playing second fiddle to Rick Barnes, and they've kind of owned us. 100%. In the last This is two years in a row they've beaten us at Rupp. Everybody when we be- had a double-digit lead both Every- times. Everybody beats us at Rupp now, Tyler. And, and, and here's one thing to keep in mind. Half their team was on the bench in the first half early with foul trouble. Yes. And we still couldn't stretch the lead. We should when, have had a 15-point lead at halftime. When that didn't happen, I thought, oh, no. 
Because all those people are coming back in the game. There's two halves as far as I know. I don't know if our team realized. There's two. Uh, <laughs> and you got to play both of them, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, they just absolutely blistered us. At least we didn't wait till four minutes, to the four-minute mark in the second half to collapse. We just went ahead and did it in the 12-minute <laughs> mark. Yeah, why wait? Just just go ahead and do it now. <laughs> exactly. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Get it over. But you knew when Tennessee made that run what was going to happen. And at no point yesterday did I feel like we were going to win. Yeah. And, like in the Missouri game earlier in the week, you know, there were – I remember – a few years ago, when we had a lead, it'd be like, well, I never really felt like we were going to lose. I felt like we were in control. I feel like we have no control, and we are flying by the seat of our pants on every single possession. Like, we, I have no clue what's going to happen. I don't know if Isaiah Jackson's going to take a 15-footer. I don't know if B.J. Boston's going to miss another three-pointer. I don't know if Askew's going to throw it into the middle of a crowd. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that we've got, like, five guys that are six foot nine with gigantic wingspans, and we try to play them together, and we just don't do any good. That's yeah. that's the layman's version. If I had to sum up UK basketball, we have five guys that are the same size and do the same thing. Yeah, and and here's the thing. Like I said, this this is why I'm so down right now. I I don't see any hope. I mean, because normally you have a bad year. You're like, well, you know, at least you get all your guys back next season. BJ Boston's not coming back. Isaiah Jackson's not coming back. Keon Brooks is probably going to go to the NBA just based upon how good he played last night. The whole time I was like, wow, this is great how good Keon's playing. But then I'm like, oh, that probably means he's going to go pro because of this one game. He had one good game. That's so, what we do now. So he's probably going to go. That's what Terrence Clark's banking on. That's why he's not playing. Don't what, get... what, do you, what do you think about the Terrence Clark situation? I, I don't think he's played since the Trump administration. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on, on Terrence Clark? You know, Coach Cal has mentioned him a few times in the postgame comments, basically stating, you know, he's a few games away, a few games away, and then uh, within the last week – he said, well, you know, the, the scans and the MRIs aren't showing anything, but if you're limping around, I can't play you. So it almost insinuates that the doctors and everybody are giving him the green light, but Terrence is kind of just packing it in, a la Jared Vanderbilt. Are we having another Vanderbilt moment? A hundred percent. Do you think he's just packing it in? A hundred percent. And, and Cal, Cal covered his rear after he made that comment. And tried to, oh, yeah. no, he's in pain. I'm not going to play him until he's ready. That was just a moment of sheer frustration for Calipari when he said that. When he said the doctors have cleared him, I don't know. There's nothing wrong, but he's still walking around limping. That was a frustrated Calipari, who is losing every game and sees one of his most talented recruits just mm-hmm. sitting there. That was just a moment of frustration. That's what it was, and I I, I think Cal and Terrence Clark kind of deserve each other because Cal, really? Calipari is just you know he's gonna. Th- Talks about being a player's first program. Right. Well, here you are throwing your guy under the bus. That's not a player's first program. Terrence Clark has basically just said, I'm using Kentucky as a stepping stone. There is no loyalty to from Terrence Clark to Kentucky whatsoever. Because Cal has said he's fine to play. He can play. But Terrence Clark is not playing. I do not I d I don't I don't understand. If 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 you're not going to play and you've been cleared and you're healthy, you think DeMarcus Cousins would be limping around if the doctor said he was healthy? DeMarcus Cousins would have ran through a wall to play for John Calipari in Kentucky. Yeah, DeMarcus Cousins would have fought somebody that said he couldn't play. Exactly. <laughs> Where are those kind of guys? Instead, we've got a guy who's, by all means, seems to be perfectly healthy, but just doesn't want to play. Why doesn't he want to play? Well, because it's going to hurt his draft stock. You think... I don't think... 
I went and watched DeMarcus Cousins play a summer pickup game between uh, finishing his season at Kentucky in the draft. Now, all the people are saying, no, don't play DeMarcus. You're going to risk an injury. He didn't care. Yeah, exactly. He he just loved the game. He loved playing for people in Kentucky. What a concept. How about we recruit guys like that again? Well, I mean, all, all we've got are guys that are selfish, that don't care one crap about the school, about the program, about Coach Cal. I mean, Coach Cal is he is a player's first coach, but Terrence Clark okay. is not willing to give anything in return. It's just me, 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 me. What can I? What's going to be my best interest? Well, and and I think that's part of my issue too. Is there's no loyalty. There, there's got to be a, a reciprocal relationship here, right? Yes. And then when, when I've heard even on other radio shows, even on Kentucky Sports Radio, where people are, you know, the hosts will say. Well, you know, it's it shouldn't worry about your interest. It's about the player's interest, and that makes you selfish. No, I think you can meet in the middle. We're both selfish. The players are there to get to the NBA. We're there because we want to win and have loyal players. How about we just meet in the middle, a la Diamond Rio? They can meet in the <laughs> middle neath that old Georgia pine. How about we both be a little selfish and we both get something out of it? You know what I mean? What Do you want to show up for players that could give a rat's behind about your school and that are going to pack it in? I can tell you what, I really like Terrence Clark's vertical leap on the bench. He jumps up and cheers for the team. I don't see any limping. Nope. I, at this point, I'm just like, <laughs> why, why is he even going to the games? Why, why is he even sitting? Just, if you have no interest in playing Terrence Clark, just just go out to, to L.A. or Florida and just start your training for the draft. Go, go to Des Moines or Czechoslovakia or wherever E.J. Montgomery's playing right now. Go, go train with him for the next few months. <laughs> And, and get ready for the draft. Oh, so you think but, Terrence Clark should train with E.J. Montgomery? That's yes. pretty funny. <laughs> Where is E.J. Montgomery? I have no clue. I know he's not on our team. Of I course, have... he would have been the you know the ninth or tenth power forward that we had that was six nine <laughs> with a gigantic wingspan. Again, because yeah, that's what we need. That's how you score points, Tyler. It's not three pointers. It's not analytics shooting balls at you know two feet from the goal. It's not that. It's wingspan. You know this. We've discussed it a, several times. Yes, I'm I'm sick of it. I'm yeah. sick of this team. Sick of Terrence Clark. I'm sick of Coach Cal's nonsense. And the future doesn't look any better. We're going to be just as bad next year. Tyler, are you willing to call for Coach Cal to be let go? I've got. I've got to ask you the ultimate question because you kind of towed the line there. If Cal were fired, what would you say? I w- I wouldn't be upset about it. Now I will say I would. I would like to know who my options would be. I-, I wouldn't just fire Cal for anybody. Yeah. But if you could tell me, I could get. Chris Beard or Mark Few or Brad Stevens or you know if, if I could make a list of five or six guys and you tell me I could get anybody off that list I would say yes get rid of Cal yeah you know what there's a Chris Rock's uh skit about that or a stand-up routine where he's like you know a man is only as loyal as his options you know in a relationship <laughs> yep. you know if he doesn't have any other options then yeah he's gonna be pretty loyal to you but if he's got other options that's that's a hundred that's exactly how i feel what about you 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 ready to pull the plug on the cow era no not yet okay i'll give it time but right. i mean boy we have another season like this we're gonna have a different conversation and a different show yeah <laughs> it's gonna be bad all right well brandon since this year's team plays like a bunch of sheep i think it's time john calipari brought in a shepherd <laughs> I'm I'm of course talking about North Laurel High School sophomore Reed Shepard, who followed up a 50-point triple-double last week with a 54-point performance on Friday, which included 25 points in the fourth quarter alone. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Which is just insane. It is insane. 
He's already received, received his first major college offer from Iowa. Brandon, is it time for Kentucky to do the same and extend an offer to Reed Shepard? I mean, don't you just go ahead and get on the train now? What? What? Why would you hold up? You know, Kentucky fans are gonna are just salivating for this guy, and for good reason. He can legit play. You know, he put up fifty some odd points in a triple double within yeah. the last couple of weeks. That's ridiculous, Tyler. That doesn't happen. <laughs> so I think you better get out ahead of it right now if you're Coach Calipari. We've seen that Kentucky fans like to have in-state players. I don't know if Dante Allen's going to be here next year. You know, if I were him, I would rethink a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> about where I was going to school. So if you don't have any, if let's say worst case scenario, if Allen leaves, you need somebody. And I think Shepard may be that guy. And, I mean, th- this, this kid may be the biggest high school recruit in our state in a long time. Can you remember a high school kid in our in Kentucky putting up 50 points a game as a sophomore? Yeah, that, that's the other thing. He is a sophomore, so he couldn't come in next year. But, yeah, it's ridiculous. As a sophomore, I couldn't, I could barely get my shoes tied and get my clothes on put together to get to school and look halfway decent. This guy's putting up 50-point triple doubles for Pete's yeah, sake. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever even put up 50 points in warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> you did, Tyler. I saw you. Uh, you, yeah, you were, you were maybe. draining them. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you have to go all in. Cal knows that we like Kentucky players, right? And some people look that – let's be honest here, Ty. Can we be real for a second? Let's some people real. will hear that and say, oh, you only want white guys playing or whatever. No. I think the Dante Allen situation <laughs> has proven that completely wrong. Yeah. We just want Kentucky players. They could be anything. It doesn't matter. If they were born in Kentucky, they played high school basketball in Kentucky, and people grew up watching them in this state, we want them. Yes. I agree. I think Cal needs to get an offer out sooner rather than later because the the hype train is coming. If if we find out Cal didn't offer Reed Shepard or if, heaven forbid, he goes ahead and accepts an offer to somewhere else, then if Cal thinks he's getting a lot of heat about Dante Allen. Just wait. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Just wait. You got the son of a former... Final Four MVP? Final Four MVP. <laughs> one of the most beloved players of the 90s. And, and and it's not like this is a scrub player here. The kid can play. He can play. He can so, shoot. He can pass. He re- obviously rebounds. He had triple-double. Is he going to start here? I don't know. He's a sophomore. You know, I don't know how everybody else is going to develop, but he could, you know, give a good benefit to the team in the end, I think. But yep. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think Kyle's got to put the offer in soon. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Tyler, big game on Sunday. I don't know if you know about this. And speaking of Sunday, today is Sunday. It is. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Or it's the big game Sunday. I don't. You're not allowed to say... Yeah. S, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so the big game is today. Um, the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Just let's talk about all things Super Bowl, right? So this game is going to be over with by the time this podcast is released. So first, I want to get a prediction. That way you can be one of us can be proven wrong. <laughs> and the second thing is, what are some of your favorite Super Bowl memories? Like, what do you associate with the Super Bowl? Are there some favorite commercials, favorite foods that you go to during Super Bowl time? Let's get into it. What, what do you think is going to happen in the game first? You got Tom Brady, who's been in the Super Bowl 86 times <laughs> against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. What do you think is going to happen? I, I think this is a a dream matchup as a football fan because you have, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback in the history of football, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. going against the young, up-and-coming, potentially the next greatest quarterback i mean he's already won one super bowl patrick mahomes true so i think it's kind of the the changing of the guard here almost you've got tom brady and maybe you know he's got maybe one or two seasons left 
So it, it, just a fascinating matchup. It's so who are you taking? Who are you taking? You, I'm are take, you taking Mahomes? I'm, ta- I'm taking the Chiefs. Big. Okay. I think they win by double digits. Oh, geez. Okay. So I'm going to go the other direction. First of all, let me say this. Tom Brady was supposed to pass the torch 10 Super Bowls ago. Yeah. Every Super Bowl he's been in for the last 10 years, it's like, old man Brady must be passing the torch to, uh, you know, Car- you know, whoever the quarterback is at the time. Russell Wilson. And he or, just yeah. goes ahead and beats them, and they go away. The guy's, I think he's 50 years old now. He's in his 40s, <laughs> I think at he's least. 42. Yeah, he's 42. So, I mean, I thought he had one or two years left seven or eight years ago. So, I don't know what he's doing. Or what he's, you know, what kind of regimen he's on, but he needs to be the spokesperson for whatever he's doing because it's insane. He's defying the laws of physics, age, gravity, everything. I'm going with the Bucks. Oh, because I just I I won't bet against Tom Brady. I'm, I'm a big Patriots fan, so it's hard for me to say. You know, I can't go against Tom. I still like Tom, even though he left the team. Well, that's. I mean, you you make a good point. If if you tried to make a a living betting against Tom Brady, you you wouldn't have made a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. You'll make a killing though betting for him. <laughs> yes, betting for, sure. for him. I mean, he's absolutely six Super Bowl titles. Could be number seven, and this probably isn't his last year. He'll probably go be in the Super Bowl again next year. Yeah, why? He, he, this this season kind of reminds me of him though. Of uh, you know, he hasn't statistically had one of his better seasons, but the defense has really carried them the last few weeks. It reminds me of Peyton Manning. Remember, Peyton Manning went to the Super Bowl with the Broncos, and by no means did he carry that team. It was the defense that really mm-hmm. t- carried them over the top. You could be looking at a similar scenario with Brady here, although I think Brady is better at this point than Manning was in that game. So. Yeah, interesting. But I, I'm just excited for the Super Bowl. I mean, this is like in, in the age where there are so many streaming options and everybody just kind of watches their own thing, this is the really the one thing where most of America is going to be tuned in to watch this, I mean, this is the single most watched event of the entire year. Yeah, in anything. Yeah, the Super Bowl. Aside from like international soccer and stuff like that, True. this is the biggest event world. This isn't just a U.S. thing; it's worldwide. Yeah, it's like an event, and that brings me to a few things. So, the food. What what kind of food is your go to when it's Super Bowl Sunday time? What what are you going for? Do you have like a regimen? Do you cook all day? Do you get pizzas? What what is your go to? You, you you know me. You know I don't cook. What do you put the microwave setting on? Do you reheat the pizza? Do you put pizza reheat or popcorn button or? There's a yeah, I, I'm I'm usually either uh, you know usually a pizza guy. I'm usually a pizza for the Super Bowl. Okay, that's fair. Um, you know, because because any place we try to get wings on the Super Bowl is just a madhouse. <laughs> what a joke! You yeah. you can't you can't order B Dubs on the Super Bowl unless unless you're going to wait three hours for it. Not going to happen. Uh, so you know, usually pizzas are you know a little more quick. Usually I'll, I'll stop at my favorite Mexican restaurant, get some chips and queso and salsa. Good call to, to, to go along with it. But yeah, the, for, you know, for pizza places, I, I guess this this is kind of their Super Bowl, right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow, Tyler, that's very good. Yeah, so I, I'm kind of the same way. I like the dips. I like I like all the accoutrements of the Super Bowl that you associate with you know just sitting down and just eating like a madman. You know, my favorite part of the after Super Bowl is the meat sweats because I've consumed so much meat during yes. the Super Bowl. That that's my thing. I really don't care what kind it is. I just I like to have the meat sweats during or after the Super Bowl. That's how I know it's been a good day for me. Yeah, and then and then you throw in the commercials. Yes. I mean, I mean what's your favorite one that that you've ever seen? Your favorite Super Bowl commercial? I I, I don't think I could pick just one. I okay. kind of like Jerry Seinfeld was asked, you know, what's What's your favorite episode of Seinfeld? And he said, "Can't just pick you one. Know, can't can't just pick one." 
Uh, I, I just love how in 30 seconds a commercial can either make me laugh hysterically or they can bring me to the point of tears. I don't know how these commercials... Well, some of these commercials, they, they just hit you right in the gut. They do. And just make you want to sit in the corner and cry because of how sad they are. And then I don't even remember what the commercial was for. I just remember how funny or how sad it was. But it, it is amazing just how good the commercials are. Yeah, and and they cost a fortune, so they better be good, number one. True. But probably my go-to all-time if I'm going back and thinking about it, I you know, a commercial... Is supposed to stick in your head, correct? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the objective. It's supposed to stick in your head and also help you remember the name of the product. There's a lot of commercials, while great commercials at the end. If you said, "What was that product about? What what were they advertising?" Exactly. Say, well, I don't know, but they had a cute baby in it. <laughs> that's no good, right? I think the ultimate Super Bowl commercial is the Bud Wise, oh yeah, with the frogs because it's memorable and it repeats the name of the product. And even if you forgot what the advertisement was about, if you just reenact the the commercial, you've said the name of the product. It's like the perfect storm. Whoever came with up with that needs to be retired on a beach somewhere. <laughs> they probably are. Yeah, that was genius. But that's my favorite go-to, at least. Yeah. Now, The weekend, Tyler, is doing the halftime show. All right? I can see you're thrilled already. Yeah. The weekend. The The weekend? Boy, well, have we lowered the well, bar. Well, I know it, the I know it, the Super Bowl's on the weekend. So, but you're telling me the halftime show the the singer's name is the weekend? Yes, it's not a band. It's just the the person. Oh, it's just his name. It's just a name. Yeah. Okay. The weekend. I don't I don't know any songs by the weekend. Okay. Well, do you? No, I think we should move on past the weekend because this is really lame. I'm sorry. This is really really lame. What are your memorable? Super Bowl halftime shows because obviously the weekend is not going to be it. So I'm moving just I can't right imagine. on past that. Uh, what are your your one or two memorable ones? Well, number one all time is Prince by far because he's playing Purple Rain and then it starts raining. Yeah. It, it was just the ultimate. That that's number one. Okay. Uh, and then I, I I thought Lady Gaga was good a few years ago. Surprisingly, yeah. Uh, and, and then of course you know the whole debacle with Katy Perry and the the dancing shark that whole thing <laughs> that was quite entertaining. Yeah, Th- those are the most memorable ones for me. I think. Yeah, Tyler, I swear. This is really weird because I, I was like, okay, Prince is number one. I think that's a given. He played yeah. Purple Rain in the Rain, and he's got 50, 100 good songs, and he's a great entertainer and musician. Yes. Okay, so I think that's a given. But I, I was sitting here thinking, well, I'll say Lady Gaga. There's no way Tyler will say that. <laughs> I'll be son of a gun if you didn't do it. I mean, that's really impressive. I mean, she's good, man. I, I'm a big Lady Gaga fan. And I think she actually sang some, too, which is helpful. Yeah, she's a, she's a hell of a singer. Yeah. So I don't know if The weekend. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. <laughs> I'm not. I'll probably not be watching the weekend. Just to be honest. I mean, this is so lame. I, if, if you if you could pick somebody for the Super Bowl halftime show that maybe hasn't played it before, or at least that we can remember anyway. Yeah. Who who would you pick? Who do they need to get like me and you, Joe Schmo fan that's having our salsa and our meats and our pizza to be interested? Because I can tell you right now, the weekend is not doing it. Who would you book if you were booking the Super Bowl halftime show? How about ACDC? Tyler. I mean, because they're touring right now, aren't they? Well, nobody's really touring. Well, yeah. Well, yeah but, but they just put out a new record. Yeah, they just put out a new record. And it's awesome. And everybody knows them. And it's something that even women like. Trust oh, me. Oh, yeah. Every sorority has done a dance routine to You Shook Me All Night Long yeah. at some point. I was getting ready to say, Tyler. <laughs> if you go out to a club or a bar 
and you're just sitting around everybody having a beer, and then you hear those opening chords of "You shook me all night long." It's like a mating call. Oh yeah. It, like if the, if they <laughs> if the aliens came to Earth and they said, "Here is the human being," their mating call is, "And you shook me all." The female gets up and starts dancing. The drunk male goes over and says, "Hey, you know what I mean?" It's like that—that's what it is. That and pour some sugar on me. Those are yeah. like the the mating calls for a certain age <laughs> group of guys. It, it for whatever reason, women just love it. And I, so I think it goes across all ages and all you know genders. It 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 just works on every level. Yeah, and, and it's you know it's rock. It's football, not this weekend pop. Crap! Oh, I, don't, I don't. I don't even know a weekend song, so I don't even know what it's. I assume it's pop. I don't know. It's crap. I guess I'll find out. Yeah, you you let me know how it goes because <laughs> I won't be watching it. So that's good, Tyler. I, I kind of wanted to get your feel for the Super Bowl. So you've got Patrick Mahomes. I've got Brady and the Bucks. Will we'll see what happens. Yeah, if you're listening, you already know which of us was wrong. So feel free to make fun of the one of us who was. Absolutely, Tyler. You ready to get to segment two? Let's do it. All right, Let's go. T- that, that was, was a, a fun first segment. We got to vent a little bit, relive some uh, fun memories, talk some hopefully future UK sports. But in the next segment, Tyler, we are talking Fayette County Schools CDC uh, Director uh, Mitt Romney, fraternities, and Dustin Diamond. That seems like a lot. That is quite a smorgasbord of topics. I'm really excited to see where we go. Let's, Let's do it. All right. We'll see you right after the break. Welcome back. Segment two, Lex Buds and Pick and Roll Podcast. Tyler, it was a fun first segment, but it's time to dig into the news of the day. Are you ready? All right. Let's go. Let's do it. Brandon, I have to start out with this because as soon as I heard about this, I instantly thought of you. Oh, God. An alert was sent out to families of Fayette County Public Schools on Tuesday that said students in grades K through 2 are going to return to in-person learning on February 16th. So that that is next week. Brandon, I just imagined you kind of like Phil Collins just singing, I've been waiting for this moment. For all my life. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I should have joined you. Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, Brandon, are you excited that Fayette County says the kids are going to be going back to school soon? Tyler, let me tell you this. I'll believe it when I drop my son off and they open the door to let him in. I've had the rug pulled out from under me at least four or five different times. Between surveys asking my opinion and then uh, fictional startup dates... You know, October. Oh, we'll start up in October. Oh, we'll do November. Well, it's winter break now. We can't start up. We'll start up the first year. Well, let's move it to February. I'll wait and see. This has been the biggest joke and the biggest pile of crap laid on families I've ever seen, and for no good reason. It's completely stupid. How many studies do we have to have that show that there's low transmission rates in school and that it's actually safer than being out in the general public? Well, we're going to talk about those in just a moment, actually. I know, but how many times do we have to do it? It's like... And we have the decision matrix. This is my favorite thing of the year. The decision matrix. Every email I get, Fayette County Public School says, well, uh, you know, we're looking at schools. Let's go to the decision matrix. You know why that was created? It was created by the school board, first of all, and it was created so nobody could use common sense to rub two brain cells together and make a rational thought. Everything runs through the matrix. Hey, are we opening schools up? I don't know. What's the matrix say? Well, you know what the matrix probably says? I know what the secret matrix says. It says, okay, CDC says school open. No. 
Families want to go back? No. School board wants to go back? No. Okay, that, everything leads to a no. That is the decision matrix. It's the biggest joke I've ever seen. They've screwed around with families and kids for long enough. It's turned me into a, the point where there's not a snowball's chance in H-E-L-L that I'm going to work around Fayette County Public Schools calendar ever again. They owe me a year's worth of my time back. So if I want to take my sons out for vacation right in the middle of the friggin' year, I'm going to say, oh, yeah, we're just going to do that. Uh, I have comp time. What is it? Unions have comp time. <laughs> comp time. <laughs> I've got a year's worth of comp time as a parent. And when they say, well, we're going to count your son absent, I'll say, okay, I'm just cashing in one week of my comp time from you turning me into a part-time teacher. By the way, I'm still waiting for my salary. By the way, I'm still waiting on my uh, refund on my taxes that I pay to keep your school building open. Other than that, I'm fine. Wow. I, I'm, I'm just more upset that they have ruined the word matrix. Because I love the movie The Matrix, and now, now I'll, you know, every time I hear them talk about the decision matrix, I just think of, you know, Keanu Reeves and his sunglasses. Like, I know kung fu. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would be way better. I wish Keanu Reeves was running Fayette County Public Schools. It's just been an absolute mess the entire time. I'm not. It's turned me into somebody that was once a very proud member of the Fayette County Public School System to basically saying. You better not ask me for a dollar. You better not ask me for volunteer time, and I don't care about your daggum schedule. And that's it. Until they give me a year of my life back or my kid's life back, which they can't do, then they're get my kids are just going to go through, get out, and I don't want anything to do with it. Wow. And I'm not. I'm not strong, kidding. Strong words, Brandon. I'm not kidding. I don't want anything. Don't ask me for nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we, we've got some other school topics. Um, relating to this should we just go ahead and move on to those yeah i think what we, we got next yeah uh tyler the cdc director says schools can safely reopen shocker uh without vaccinating teachers now that was kind of a you know a lot of people were saying well we need to wait till teachers are vaccinated but the leadership is now saying that schools can in fact go ahead and open safely what are your thoughts on that I mean, you, we, you obviously, you, we got to be careful here because there's teachers in your house. Mm-hmm. So try to be respectful there. But uh, what do you think about this? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I can say the, the teacher in my house 100% wants to go back and is ready to go back and would, would agree with you. It's been too long. Um, I mean, but this, I mean, the CDC has been saying for months that schools were safe. Even before we had a vaccine, they were saying... It yes. was safe. To, so, so I don't even understand like why this even needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Like they, they've been saying since the winter, since like November, December, that the the transmission rates in the schools that are open are minimal. So, which I, is counterintuitive because you would think it would be the opposite. Yes. Yeah. It does. It, does, it makes no sense. Which is, I guess, why I'm not a scientist because I would think schools would just be petri dishes for. I mean, they are for every other type of. Yeah, germs and and uh, sicknesses. So, but I mean, apparently it's not. So, I mean, I, I guess they, I guess the CDC knows what they're talking about. Well, it's one of those. This is what bothers me. People are all people will say follow the science. Okay, well, when you follow it and it doesn't agree with what they think, then it's like, well, it now it's about what I feel. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? Is it about how you feel or is it about science? Make a decision. Yeah. And if you want to be hypocritical, just say, you know what? In this particular case, I want it to be about me. Which is fine. You can say that. But just know it's really hard for me to believe things when someone says, follow the science. I'm going to listen to the CDC. Well, the CDC throws something out. And they've thrown this out for months, Tyler. Mm -hmm. Even since the fall. We've had the same conversation since the fall. Yep. 
and it just aggravates the snot out of me. I, I just don't understand. I don't understand what the holdup is. Well, hopefully, you know, at least here in Kentucky, getting teachers vaccinated has been a priority. I think I think most teachers have gotten at least their first dose and are getting second one soon. So, but think hopefully, about, after they get that, then there's there's no reason for schools not to open up. Then at that point, that's in Kentucky. But think, think about all these kids all across the country. True. Think about you know you go out to California; those kids haven't been in school the same amount of time, and they're probably not going to be going back anytime soon. No. Think about how many kids. Thousands and thousands of kids were going to be churning out that have lost a year of education or have just stopped showing up for class. And who knows what kind of road that's going to lead them down. Yeah. All, right. all that's when our we future. had science that said otherwise. Yep. And it's okay if you had a, a theory and it was proven wrong by science. That's fine. That happens. Or I'll give you an example. It's like the war on drugs. On paper, it's like, this sounds great. But in reality... Drug use and all that stuff has gone through the roof. Mm. When you would think that saying it would prove otherwise. Mm. I was I was that way. But then you see the outcomes and it's like, well, did this really help? Or is, you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's okay to be proven wrong and admit you were wrong. Yep. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Uh well Brandon, unlike Van Halen, the Kentucky House of Representatives is not hot for teachers. <laughs> On Thursday, the House <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tyler, you're really reeling in today. Yeah, I like thank this. you. Thank I like you. this. On Thursday, the House overwhelmingly approved a bill that would change the teacher pension system for new hires. Keynote here. This would only be for new hires after hired after January 1st. Okay. Would require them to work at least 30 years instead of the current 27 years. Uh-huh. Um, and the bill now goes to the Senate, where it will probably pass. We all know Kentucky retirement system is in shambles, but Brandon, is this cut to future teachers worth it? Because they're going to have to pay more into the pension system, and they're going to have to work longer to get their benefits. Well, I mean, it's a it's a tough call. I think um, you know if, if there's a budget shortfall, you have to do something. There's only a few different ways to make this work, right? You can raise taxes on the entire state, which is really going to tick people off. You know mm-hmm. how people you know people feel about taxes in Kentucky? Not really a popular thing. So I think that's a hard road to go down. Um, the other half of it is if you're going to make a change, you have to have a line drawn somewhere. It's just like, you know, Social Security age or Medicare age or anything like that. Sometimes they're going to raise that. You know, your age to retire. They may raise it by two to three years. This this happens with just about every facet of life. You know, if, if cer- certain things aren't going well, you have to make adjustments. I think the people that you have in there right now, you have to take care of b- based on the agreement that you made when they started. But if you're talking about people that haven't started yet, then that's fine. I would feel the same way about Social Security. If they came to me right now and said, hey, I'll give you a decision. Uh, you can give up your Social Security and not get any of the money. I'd say, yeah, that's fine. That's good. Mm-hmm. Let me make the decision. If I can make the decision based on you know these new hires, if they come in and they can decide what to do, then I'm fine with that. They can go somewhere else if they don't want to, but know if you work in Kentucky that this is what you have to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I can appreciate that at least what they're trying to do now is is for new teachers. Yep. Before, you know, w- with the Bevan administration, they they were trying to change the rules for teachers in the middle of the game. You know, teachers who had planned to have a certain amount of retirement available to mm-hmm. them. You know, because teachers don't get Social Security. Yeah. All they have is this pension. That's it. Yep. And part of the reason those teachers went into teaching, you know, obviously because they love it, but... It has, you know, it was promised a great retirement. Yeah. So you can't just take that away from people in the middle of the game. No. But if, 
know, if you know it coming into it. Apologies, a little technical difficulty there, but we are back on, Tyler. So you were talking about uh, the teachers. Yeah, so uh, you know, I think it's unfair to change the rules on teachers in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. But if, if teachers know up front, like that, you know, I'm going to be paying more. I'm going to be working another three years. You know, you you agree to that at the beginning of the game. So I, I do approve of that slightly more. I still don't like the fact that you know K- Kentucky's already in a major teacher shortage, mm-hmm. and now you're going to have an even harder time recruiting new teachers. Because I can tell you, you know, young people now, they're they're willing to move and go anywhere. Oh yeah, they're, easily. They're going to go to the states who pay the best or have the best retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, even when I was, you know, just fresh out of college looking for teaching, I applied for teaching jobs all over the country. I had interviews in multiple states. Like I didn't care. I, I would have moved anywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking at you know. Well, who's what do you do, hire what do you do me? about the budget shortfalls though? I mean, they have to do something. Right there, there's only a few ways to to solve this issue. Yeah, uh, I mean, if if only there were some way that Kentucky could bring in a large amount of money for something that's currently not legal that they could make legal, that hmm. might could shore up some of the shortfall. I bet that would work. Mm. I'd be willing to take a gamble on that. <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's just my thoughts. Again, I, I don't like it, but at least it's better than taking this out on the teachers who have you know been teaching for twenty years okay, and saying, so "Hey, we're changing it up." I, I didn't know how you'd feel about that. So I, yeah, I agree. If you're going to do it, at least start it with someone fresh and not the people. Yeah, they this. know what they're getting into. Good, at least at got that it. Point. Tyler, Republican senator from Utah, Mitt Romney, former presidential candidate as well, is proposing a three hundred and fifty dollar monthly child care allowance slash tax credit for families help get people through the pandemic and this is odd coming from a republican senator Mm -hmm. they're usually a little bit more staunch on budget issues uh but this fits right in with what democrats want to do as well they're pushing for more uh benefits during the pandemic as well what are your thoughts when you see mitt romney kind of coming out of left field here going against probably a lot of folks in his party and saying hey we need to give people even more money well let's see uh hold on i gotta do some math here uh you said Three three hundred and fifty. It should be like forty two hundred dollars per month, right? Yeah, three. Okay, so three fifty times twelve, and that's per kid, right? Yes. Okay, so I got two kids <laughs> times two. That's eight thousand four hundred dollars a year. So you are now backing Mitt Romney. Sign me up, Mitt Romney. <laughs> Run for president. Yes, uh, I, I will put a Mitt Romney bumper sticker on my car right now for eight thousand dollars a year. This is, where, where was this Mitt Romney at? You know, a few years ago when he was running for president, where were these ideas at? He, he, didn't, he doesn't really have any ideas, Tyler. <laughs> He's just doing stuff to be po- like when he was running for president. He kind of didn't really do anything. He was just kind of a block of wood. He was didn't do anything. <laughs> he was he was a terrible candidate. But I, I've now grown to love Mitt Romney not just because of this. Uh, he, he has shown to not be as partisan. He he's been throwing out a lot of ideas recently that could be viewed as Democratic-leaning ideas. And I love anybody who does that. I'm, I'm turning into a big Mitt Romney fan. A, a good idea is a good idea. Yes. Right. Now, I don't know if this one is or not. I haven't looked into it enough, okay? I know we're, that we're handing out money left and right, right? I, I feel like we are anyway. Yeah. And this was even during uh, the Trump administration. I mean, they were giving out money, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it worries me for the future a little bit. I would have to look at the details on what this does for budget stuff. 
But, you know, I, I was worried about it under Trump because, I mean, I felt like we were just spending an ungodly amount of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for a party that claims to be budget conscious and worried about that, didn't really seem to worry about it the last four years. So it's hard for me to hear from critics of Romney say, well, you know, this is too much. We don't can't do this. Well, we just spent the last four years blowing things through the roof. Yeah. So which one is it? You got to pick, right? You can't compromise there. And I will say, Tyler, a really good net, uh, documentary on Netflix is Mitt. Oh. It, it okay. takes you behind the scenes of his presidential run and it has some really interesting clips. And it's literally like, it's not a biography thing. It's people following him around doing normal stuff. That's cool. Uh, and, and I will say uh, just one more point to add on this. You know, I, I believe the United States is pretty much the only industrialized country in the world that doesn't offer some sort of payment to support parents with childcare. I could be wrong on that, but I believe we. I don't the, know. I believe we are the only one. So I'm like, if other countries can support this, why can't the United States? I, I feel like we are long overdue in helping working families. Raise because people aren't having kids as much anymore, especially during this uh, pandemic. We we are looking at a major issue if people don't start having more kids. Major issue. Well, I think anything we can do to support people having more kids is good for our country. Yeah, and I think the pandemic has shown how important childcare is. Yes, hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah, yeah. All right, Brandon, I have some shocking, shocking news. Oh, I'm ready to have my mind blown, Tyler. Okay, a fraternity. On UK's campus, okay, got drunk and did something stupid. I'm, I'm not buying it I, already, Tyler. I know this is unfathomable. I'm throwing the flag on this, okay? <laughs> uh, but apparently, in September last year, members of Sigma Alpha Epsilon... Mm. Now, just let me know when I get something that surprises you. Okay. Hosted parties that broke the university's COVID protocols. Served alcohol to underage students. Never happened. No, nothing shocking yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and allegedly broke into a house armed with, quote, golf clubs and other dangerous instruments. What? According to records what? obtained from the university, 30 to 40 SAE members broke through the front door of a Lexington home where they broke a TV, threw beer bottles, and cornered the occupants of the house. What the heck is going on with the SAEs, Brandon? <laughs> for, for, for what? Why were they cornering them? Do we know? I the I I could not find that out. Uh, apparently, <laughs> the, they just go randomly corner people. <laughs> that is uh, the fact that it's golf clubs. That that says uh, fraternity to is me. Is that the the most frat guy weapon you could possibly imagine? Uh, the other thing would be one of those polo club hammer <laughs> things. The, the mallet. Yeah, the mallet. Yeah, <laughs> like come in with a mallet and their you know plaid shirts and their khaki shorts with their collars popped. Collars. You know, they pop- had the golf club over their short shoulder. With their popped collar. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I'm not surprised by the first 90% of what you told me. Uh, the golf clubs thing is a little strange. And I'm curious what the connection here is with this particular house. For everybody to agree to go in this house and bust in, I'm kind of curious. I wonder if it's part of a uh, hazing ritual where they said, hey, we'll let you in, but you got to break into this house with some golf clubs. I don't know what the deal is. It's kind of an interesting story, but there's got to be more to it. There's got to be another layer here, and it may unfold over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so stay tuned to future podcasts. We're going to be following this story, and we will give you the updates as we have them. Yeah, I mean, CNN covered the Russia investigation. We're going to cover the golf club bandits. Yeah, That's going to be our <laughs> hill to die on. The go- We're going to follow it. <laughs> golf club bandits and Reed Shepard. That's what you'll get here on Lex Bud. That's, that's why you tune in, right? That's funny. 
Tyler, a little bit of sad news, at least for, you know, uh, for a lot of people, but it hit me really hard especially. This week it was announced that Dustin Diamond, famous for playing the role of Screech on Saved by the Bell, has died of lung cancer. Crazy, Tyler. I used to watch five or six episodes of Saved by the Bell a day, and Screech was an integral part. Tyler, what did you think when you first heard this, and what is your favorite Screech memory? It's crazy. Just 44. Just yeah. so, so young. So young. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're approaching our 40s rapidly right now. It's crazy. Um, so just, just heartbreaking um, to, when I heard, you know, I think Screech is very much an underappreciated character. Uh, and I think Dustin Diamond received a, a lot of criticism un- unnecessarily for his you know perceived lack of acting. I, I thought he nailed the Screech character. I mean the the physical comedy, the the impressions that he did on the show. Yeah, you know, you know he he did RoboCop and Now Bundy. I mean he did impressions of all the pop culture things of the day. So you're hanging your hat on his RoboCop and Al Bundy impressions. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, I mean he he could do anybody. Oh. Uh, he was, you know, he was a great impersonator. Well, what's your favorite memory? So, so is are this those is your favorite memory, or do you have a favorite episode or just moment where Screech just took over, and you're like, "This is Dustin Diamond right here. This is Screech Powers right here." If I could sum him up in one scene, well, I, Sc- Screech was a loyal person. He mm. was loyal to Zach, even though Zach treated him like crap. Yes, uh, but he was also loyal to his love interest on the show, which I think was one of the highlights of Saved by the Bell is when Violet Ann Bickerstaff was introduced as Screech's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Of course, played by Tori Spelling, yes. who was you know, supposed to be this nerd. Uh-huh. She did not pull off a nerd. I mean, we all know, okay, that's Tori Spelling. Yeah. You put glasses and pigtails on her, doesn't make her not They hot. tried. They tried. <laughs> um, but I thought the whole Screech-Violet romance was just phenomenal. Uh, and, and my personal favorite part of that relationship is when Screech went to meet her parents and he made a fool of himself and they banned Violet from seeing him again. Oh. So this all culminates at the all city sing where Violet's in the choir. <laughs> yes. And she's just so upset. She can't even get out the words to sing. And lo and behold, Screech Screech comes out on stage to rescue her and starts singing with her. Just a beautiful moment that Screech stood up for his love, said, I'm not going to let your parents keep us apart. Bayside wins the all-city scene. Love is in the air. It was just a wonderful... That, that is my favorite Screech. <laughs> that's great. If I, That's a really good one, Tyler. And my favorite memory also has something to do with singing. Oh, okay. And that is when they're trying to write uh, the new school song. Oh yes, and Screech yes. comes out, and he's comes out with, "Oh, give me a school with a big swimming pool and a library friend full of books." Yeah, yeah. that's a great. Song. I love that. And then they rechange, they change the entire song. <laughs> you, you, you fools! You've changed my whole song. Like, no, it still has the same words: it and the Bayside. Bayside. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then they go and they do the song at the end. To me, that is Screech Powers. I love that the song fits him perfectly and his voice when he's singing it at the piano. Yes. You know, we're dissecting mice can be awfully nice. 
Yeah, it, that's what I'm talking about. That is Screech Powers embodied in a scene, in my opinion. I absolutely love that whole episode. That's a really good one. Uh, there's there's so many good ones. You know, you have the sprain episode yeah. where he does the sprain. Yeah. Uh, so so many good Casey ones. Casey Case. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, Saved by the Bell was such a part of our childhood. And it, it, like I said, it was on for two or three straight hours right when you got home from school. That's great. And on TBS at 3.05, yeah, yes. Saved by the Bell would be there for Loved you. Loved Screech, Zach, and Slater, and all the gang. Yeah. So, That's uh, right, Preppy. Part of our childhood died That's this crazy. Week. Yeah, sad, sad, sad. Tyler, uh, interesting segment, too, to say the least. Yes. A little bit of heated debates. Closed on some childhood memories. But in segment three, we've got some music to talk about. Yes. Do we have time to do all that during segment three? I don't know. We'll try. I don't know if we have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to Bed Bath & Beyond, Home Depot. I don't know if we have enough time. No, but uh, stick around for segment three. We're going to have fun uh, here as we wrap up the show. So stick around for that, and we will see you right after the break. Let's do it. Welcome back. Third and final segment of episode 43 of the Lex Buds Pick and Roll podcast, the Richard Petty edition. Oh, number 43. Nice. I was wondering where you were going to go with the 43 today. It was very also good. my seventh grade basketball number. Oh, so, very good. Well, you remember your seventh grade basketball? I don't know what's more impressive, that you knew the Richard Petty <laughs> or that you remembered your seventh grade basketball number. Well, I thought everybody knew their seventh grade basketball number, but maybe I'm the only one. Yeah, you are. Uh, Brandon, we've got a music-heavy segment here for segment yes, three. Yes, we do. We're going to start out, because it was Groundhog Day this week, mm-hmm. um, got me thinking, if you were stuck in the Groundhog Day universe where you had to relive the same day over and over again, of course, if you've seen the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, you know that every morning his alarm clock goes off to the tune of Sonny and Cher, I Got You, Babe. Mm-hmm. And he just relives the same day over and over, has to hear that song every day, yep. hundreds of times. Yep. So the question is, if you were stuck reliving the same day and your alarm clock went off at 6 a.m. every morning like it did for Bill Murray, what would be the song that you would most want to have come on the radio? Oh, boy, Tyler, this is hard because, you know, you, you got to think, this is the way I kind of narrowed it down. I don't want a quick hitter song that's like two or three minutes long that's just one repetitive thing after another, right? Because mm-hmm. that will get old eventually. Yes. Eventually it will get old. So I had to think of something that had both highs, lows, and memorable parts, but was also very long. Okay. So that's how I narrowed it down. And to me, there's really only one song that does that. Okay. That I'm aware of in in my existence in life. <laughs> All right, Ty. And this also made an appearance on my guilty pleasure draft that oh, we did. Oh, okay. All right, so this song is very lengthy. It has very mellow moments. It has very fast moments. And it's it's a lengthy song. And that is I would do anything for love <laughs> by Meatloaf. Right? Because it starts out with the if I'm thinking of my alarm clock. It's got that piano intro, and then it goes into this mellow thing, and then all of a sudden it just kicks in fast, goes slow, kicks in fast. It's got the air drum parts that I, I would do anything for. You know, it's got it's got all that, and it's a long song, and you know I don't want the quick hitters. You know, if I have to listen to it all day every day, I want it to be long so I don't have to listen to it a thousand times in the day. Maybe I only listen to it five hundred times in a day. Okay. Those, that was how I thought about it. What so, are your thoughts so, on that so, song? So you would stay in bed for the whole eight minutes of the song and just, just let it play through every morning? Or would you just you well, know, think, smash the alarm clock at some point? No, think about it. It's, it's the ultimate snooze button. 
Snooze is nine minutes. The song's like eight minutes. Oh, so okay. it's really it's a built-in snooze. <laughs> that pretty much sums up Meatloaf's career, I think. <laughs> built-in snooze. <laughs> oh, jeez, I didn't know you dislike Meatloaf. So no, bad. I love Meatloaf. I just yeah, but and even if I had to listen to the song, I like I said, every day continuously, like if I was on a desert island and they were going to play one song for me, it's a long song that you know, it just takes up a lot of time. Each time, yes. So I like it. That's okay. what, that's the way I thought about. I thought of it as Groundhog Day, but also as a desert island song. Yeah, I, I do like the idea. You know that there, you know there are ups and there are downs. It, there's fast, there's slow. You, yeah. you you get a good variety there. Yeah. So I I can appreciate that pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with when when I was thinking about this. You know, I wanted a song that would be kind of uplifting, because if you're mm. stuck in the Groundhog Day universe, depression is gonna start to sink in. Oh, okay, interesting. And you're going to like, when is this ever going to end? Am I ever going to make it through this endless cycle of reliving the same day over and over again? So I want a song that might offer some encouragement, but also, you know, it's got to be a, it's got to be catchy. Obviously, if you're going to listen to it every day. Okay. But I went with a song that I think is uplifting. Oh. It has a good message. And is is honestly just in, inspiring, Ooh. and that is the 1986 Bon Jovi classic, "Living on a Prayer." What <laughs> really, Brantley? I remember the first time I ever heard that song. Really, I, I was in you know I, I was in the back seat of my dad's car. We were on a long road trip. You know, obviously I was three years old, 1986. I yeah, didn't hear, you know this was you know many years later. This is one of your first memories, but. I just remember the first time I heard Living on a Prayer, and I was like, oh my God, this song. It, it, I mean, it's incredible. From the opening riff, you know, you got the, the kind of the fade in. Yeah. And then you get the whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it, it is perfection. If there's ever a song that was just perfection in all air, it is, it is Chick fil A for your ears, <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> oh, jeez. You know, the, the lyrics Chick-fil-A start out kind of, you know, Sad and downtrodden. You know, Tommy used to work on the docks. You know, he lost his job. Yeah, Union's been on strike. He's down on. Yeah. He's like, it's tough. And, and and Gina's working the diner all day, trying to make money for the two of them. Working for her man. You know, so they're having a rough go of it, just as I would if I were living the same day over and over again. Wow. But the song reigns triumphant by the end. You know, you, well, you get the lead in to the chorus for "Living on a Prayer." It's like, we got to hold on to what we've got. And then when the chorus gets... That chorus is just a monster of a chorus. Yeah. And and just when you think it can't get any better, Bon Jovi takes it up like another five octaves. <laughs> he does. I mean, it is incredible, the range. And it just makes me think, no matter how bad life is, you know, it, it goes from talking about Tommy and Gina, but then when it gets to the chorus... It's we've got to hold on, you know. We're we're it, it becomes kind of a uh, you know course is in the first person sort. Of. So we feel like we are Tommy and Gina. Yeah. Wow. This and it a... helps get us through everything together. I don't know that Bon Jovi songs have ever been broken down to this <laughs> level, Tyler. I you know this may be history you're making here. Um, I will agree. Very good song. I like the bass line in it. Yeah. Yeah. That... That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's one of those, you know, you can pick up at any point in the song. You know, in Groundhog Day, I think, you know, when Sonny and Cher, it doesn't start at the beginning. It kind of picks up in the middle of it. 
So I, I'm good. Any any part of that song, it can start out, and I'm I'm hooked. I'm listening to the rest of the of living on a prayer, no matter where it's starting. Wow, I I didn't see that coming, Tyler. But I guess depending. So you were doing it more from a mental state perspective. I was doing it more of, okay, I need to have. I I was doing a mental state as well, but I just need my ADD to be compensated for. So I need ups, downs, you know, all yeah. this kind of stuff. So you're saying you're looking at the depression part, and you're saying I need to be uplifted. Yes. Okay. I need to know that, you know, we're halfway there. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through this other half. You'll make it, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It does have some memorable parts, Tyler, between the vocals, the bass line, the intro, the whoa, whoa, which is really cool. It's got a lot of cool parts in it. Yeah. And you and I have seen Bon Jovi in concert. He can't hit those high notes anymore. No. <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you remember when, when he played Living on a Prayer when we saw him live, he would just hold the microphone out and let the crowd That's sing the those. classic. <laughs> that's the classic rock move. When you can't hit the notes, you hold the microphone stand out. You know the words. <laughs> but uh, Vince Neil from Motley Crue is notorious for doing that. Yes. When he's, whoa, yeah. Kicks stop my heart up. <laughs> yeah, good. Because, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I just got a kick out of that. Classic rock star. Well, speaking of rock stars, Tyler, I think it's time to introduce ourselves a little bit of a rock star. Yep. Rock stars. Yep. We're putting out a song today. It's the, our latest single. We don't have a band name yet, and we don't have a name for the song, <laughs> which Tyler. is really unfortunate. What do you want to call it, Tyler? Uh, well, it's, it's a parody of the song Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. I think we have to call it... The, the chorus says John Calipari mm-hmm. can't get us to the NIT. And you're thinking that you're saying Guns N' Roses, John Calipari, and the NIT. How does that work? We're about to show we're, you. We're, we made it work. This is why you put this in the hands of musical artistry, like <laughs> you know Tyler and I are about to produce. Right? The, the, our job is to make the magic, right? Hundred percent. And uh, so, so we came up. We we wrote our lyrics to this song. We we both put in some of our own verses. And Brandon is going to lead us on the acoustic guitar. We're doing the acoustic version. Yes. Of Sweet Child of Mine. And you're going to hear, get to hear both of us belting out some lyrics about John Calipari and this year's basketball team. Yeah, it should be fun. Absolutely. So uh, here we go. We're going to send it to you. All right, here it is, the debut of our number one single. <laughs> Man, Tyler, I'm so bummed about UK losing another basketball game. You know, it's so frustrating, and I feel so much built-up anger inside of me, and I don't know how to quite express it. Do you have any ideas? I mean, I can't either. I'm so frustrated. I wish I could just belt it out to the whole world. You know, it kind of makes me kind of makes me want to just put together a song about how frustrated I am. Oh, with wait, wait a minute. You know how lame the UK fan basketball songs are. They're terrible. <laughs> they are. There, there have been some really bad ones, you know, especially during the Tubby years. Yeah, everybody felt like they had to write a song yeah. about Kentucky. Hey, why don't we do a song? I've got a guitar right here. No way. <sighs> I do. Well, how convenient. I know. I think we should do it. All right. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Okay, let's do this. I wrote this song. We're going to do this on the fly. You ready? Okay. This is for all of BBN, Coach Calipari, and anybody that's watched UK play this year. Are you ready, Tom? Yep. We love you, Cal. (laughs) One, two, three, four. We've got a coach that it seems to me won't even get us to the NIT. Our dreams for this year have officially died. Every time that I see us play, it makes me feel I've been punched in the face. And if I see another turnover, probably break down 
Ferry. Tyler, that was fun. <laughs> that was great. It was fun. It was the most probably the most ridiculous thing we've done to date. But you know what? If we cared about that, we wouldn't have even started this show in the first place. That's exactly right. We have done many ridiculous things. We we filmed a promo video in an empty Kroger Field parking lot, pretending we were tailgating when the pandemic just started. That, that's how we roll. We've done a lot of ridiculous things, but I think that one may be our best work so far. Then then we've done something right. When we've increased our ridiculousness, we've taken it to another level. And I'm excited. Share it with your friends. Share it with your neighbors. Play it on your stereo outside during the Super Bowl. Of course, they won't hear this till after the Super Bowl. <laughs> but play it during the next UK game. You know, when you're out with your buddies or in your car. I mean, this has got hit single written all over it. I don't know how this doesn't go to number one. Yeah, put 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 it on your uh, on your phone. You know, maybe when you're in the car on a first date, great first date song. You know, to Absolutely. Just kind of get the romance going. <laughs> Buddy, if me and Tyler don't get the romance going for you, then you just send us a letter. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know. But you'll be able to find a clip of this also on our website, LexBuds.com, on Twitter at LexBuds, on the YouTubes, just type in LexBuds, and on Facebook, LexBuds and Pick and Roll. We're everywhere, Tyler. We're everywhere. We We're are. Everywhere. We are worldwide. Prestige worldwide. We are. But uh, it's been a fun show. We covered a lot of ground, did some new stuff, raised our level of ridiculousness, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on the next show. Stay Stay classy, classy, Kentucky. Kentucky.